When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do you ever see a successful woman on your feed or in a magazine and think, wow, it must be nice to have it so easy? Well, think again. Behind that glossy cover or smiling face is a ton of hard work, countless failures, and endless learning experiences. I'm Rebecca Minkoff, and I'm here to tell you that success isn't a walk in the park. It takes grit, resilience, and a willingness to take risks. That's why I created Superwoman, a podcast that peels back the varnish and gets into the nitty gritty of what it takes to make it as a woman in today's world. From luminaries and game changers to women you've never heard of but should, this podcast is here to inspire you to take your next leap, no matter how daunting it may seem. We'll explore the sacrifices these women have made, the highs and lows they've experienced, and the lessons they've learned along the way. So if you're ready to be inspired and learn from some of the most successful women out there, join me on Superwomen. Together, we'll uncover the stories behind the successes and prove that with hard work, determination, and a little bit of luck, anything is possible. Hey, everyone. You're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Divya Gunyani, the CEO and co-founder of Wander Beauty and Five Senses. Divya brings 20 years of investment and entrepreneurial experience to her role as CEO and co-founder of Wander Beauty, and most recently having launched her new company, Five Senses, an incredible direct-to-consumer scent that lets us choose along with our moods for every day. She started her business career in investment banking at Goldman Sachs and then moved to private equity. Divya is a self-proclaimed startup junkie, a food and fashion lover, as well as a beauty experimenter. She's contributed to the Huffington Post, Today Show, and so much more. Take a listen. Divya, welcome to my second ever video podcast. You choose my lucky number. Well, good. I'm glad you're my second victim. So when I think about you, I think of you as this wicked smart serial entrepreneur. Yes. And I want you to go back to your first company. That was a long time ago. <laughs> okay. So let's go there and why you started it, why you sold it. We only met when you had Wander, and then I want to talk about your new company. But so prior to Wander, what was this in you that was like, I want to grow and sell businesses over and over again? It really happened by accident. So like I started my career in finance. I worked in investment banking, Goldman Sachs, slept under a desk, loved every day of it, worked in private equity, invested in late stage companies, worked in venture, invested in early stage companies. I was an accidental entrepreneur. I was dating a guy. He didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. I was working at a venture capital firm. I had an incredibly fulfilling career where I met entrepreneurs. I had the opportunity to invest in their companies. I watched them grow, build, sell. And 
I had this person I was dating who was obsessed with cars and basically like could figure out after three years of owning a car, here are all the mechanical problems that are going to happen. And so we brainstormed on an idea together to create a marketplace for aftermarket auto parts. So right after the car goes off warranty, these are all the issues you have with your car. And these are all the parts that you need. And so we created this business. His aunt did the logo. I set up the LLC. I hired all the people, put the business together. He had all the technical knowledge on the auto parts side. And we did $3,000 in sales. I think like one of the first months, it might not have been in the first month, but maybe within two or three months, we did 3000 I was like, oh my God, like this is like my New York City mortgage. Like you should have seen the look on my face. I'm like elated. I'm like, I just made $3,000. This is insane. We started doing $120,000 a month within a few months. And it was just insane. Like this company just grew. We built um, and we sold. And it was just happened just like that. But just imagine I had a full-time job. I was working every single day. And then I was coming home and working till one, two, three in the morning, every single day. I was working every Saturday. I was working every Sunday. And I learned a lot. And you knew how to run a company? I had absolutely no idea. So how did you, how did you approach that and succeed? I just, without knowing what you were doing, I asked questions. I've always felt the hallmark of the most successful entrepreneurs that I've invested in now as an investor, you know, having had a professional investment career and then now having um, my own fund, I've invested just myself, not including my professional career, not including all the checks I wrote when I was a professional investor, 76 companies. And I've worked with lots of entrepreneurs and I always feel the hallmark of success, common trait, and a lot of those really breakout entrepreneurs has been intellectual curiosity. And that's literally what it is. You have to be curious and you have to figure it out. I knew nothing. I had no one to talk to. I was like asking my college roommate who was a lawyer, how do you set up an LLC? Like, how do I go online? And this, keep in mind, starting a business today is easier than it was 15, 20 years ago. It is completely different. We have all the tools and opportunities to create a business better, faster, cheaper today than before. We have Dropbox. We have LegalZoom. We have Rocket Lawyer. We have every file sharing service. We have Instagram. Right. We have threads. We have things, platforms that didn't exist before that allow you to connect directly with customers in droves. And none of that existed back then. So it was so interesting to navigate that landscape literally by just asking questions. It being intellectually curious, searching things on Google and YouTube and just figuring it out. Wow. So how far into it did you sell it? How many years was it? A few years in, a few years in. It took us a little while to kind of build it up. We've got a warehouse, we got a whole team. We were like really selling good volume. Um, And then we sold it to someone in the industry, which is amazing. I left that business and said to myself, oh, now I'm like addicted to being an entrepreneur. Like now I'm like addicted to the high of growing and everyone should have a company that goes like this as their first experience. Cause then you're like, oh, I'm in it again. I'm doing this again. So I did it again in industry that I was passionate about, which is culinary arts and food, because I'd gone to culinary school between undergrad and business school and loved to cook. And of course that turned out to be my, I say biggest learning lesson, but also biggest failure. What was the failure there? It was before my time. So I started this company called Behind the Burner. It was really before the time of the excitement around food blogging. There was no Instagram at that time. And so I created this culinary media company, which had short form content, tips, tricks, and techniques on food, wine, mixology, and nutrition. So it was a lot of short YouTube videos 
before that was a thing, before Instagram was a thing. And because it was a media company, we would have like liquor sponsors come in and give us six figures, which was like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And then the phone wouldn't ring for four or six weeks. And it was like, you just kept waiting and waiting. And sponsorship revenue is just, you know, this gig, it's not easy. It's lumpy and you don't have a consistency. And so it just, you know, the company was profitable and it, you know, scaled to a few million dollars and it just didn't get bigger beyond that. And I said to myself, this is not growing. This is not how I'm leaving my imprint on the entrepreneur world. And so I pivoted and started another business, which then grew like a rocket ship and I sold that to QVC. So the learning lesson was to know when to pivot and quit and move on. Oh my God. Okay. So you, did you, so you closed that, you pivoted. And then what was this next business that you sold to QVC? So I actually did them both at the same time. So I launched Behind the Burner. I had this amazing moment where I was in a global American Express TV commercial, which was insane. I The company was growing, but it wasn't growing at the rate I wanted to grow at, and it wasn't going to scale in the way that I wanted it to scale. So I then said, okay, let me put this on the side. I have a small team here, and it's profitable, and we can make this work. And I had this brand new idea to launch Send the Trend, which was an online marketplace for fashion accessories and beauty. But really what we did is we built a proprietary algorithm for intelligent shopping recommendation technology. And basically what that was is that you as a shopper would come on our website and we would guide you through a journey that was completely personalized to your geolocation, to your shopping habits. And it would yield very high conversion rates to purchase. So if you were in Seattle and it was raining, we knew it was raining and we were showing you umbrellas. And you know if you were in... Uh, New York, and you bought these earrings, then we knew with a 98% certainty that you would buy this bracelet next. And we would show you that as well. And so we had a team of engineers. We built this tech business. I raised venture money from Battery Ventures, and I sold the company 11 months after raising funding to QVC for a life-changing outcome. Wow. And this was all before you had children or during children? Oh, so this is the best part. So I, all before I had children, I was Pregnant with my son, who, by the way, I had difficulty, you know, conceiving him for like two years and realized I had an autoimmune condition. All of a sudden I was pregnant. So I went on the right medication and I ended up, you know, having him naturally, but I was pregnant with him when I was selling my company to QVC. And I was in this dilemma, which was like, I'm pregnant. I have a company that I want to sell. And if I kind of go out there with, I'm pregnant, like, am I going to be able to sell my business? Right. Because are they going to be like, is she going to stay? Is she going to go on maternity leave? Is she going to want to be home with her child? Like, there's all these questions that people don't say, but, you know, they're thinking them in their head. Yep. <laughs> so it was a difficult time. But I basically, like, I sold the company in February 2012, and I had my son six weeks early, pre- <laughs> premature, um, in May of 2012. And I delivered him and I dropped him home and then I went to work. And it was a personal choice I made. I don't recommend it for anybody, but I had a huge commitment that I had made. I had a team of people that were depending on me, a team of people that was really dependent on me as a leader because we were a small team at that time. And I went back to work. I didn't take any maternity leave and I worked. I brought my son to to work every day um, and he sat in a bassinet. And that was that. It was crazy. Wow. So what strikes me about you is you you don't seem to hang on to, oh, I built this, it's my baby. Who am I if 
if I sell it, right? You've now done it so many times, but also when you shared personal things or hardships, or you just said like, didn't have maternity leave, brought my kid. Like, it seems like you are not traumatized (laughs) very easily. And I'm curious where you get that from. Just resilient. You know, it's so interesting as an entrepreneur, the only constant you can rely on is change. Everything is changing all the time. I started this off by, before we started recording, I was telling you about how I thought this was going to be a relaxing summer. But like the only thing you can depend on is things not going the way you think they're going to go. And so you as an entrepreneur become seasoned to just to be able to deal with so much change and deal with what I think ensues is discomfort. And from that discomfort is where all the growth and the learning comes. So I just feel like this is my path. Like I'm, yeah. I'm constantly uncomfortable with what's going on around me and I'm learning to yeah. just navigate being comfortable with it. And I'm trying to take the learning and the growth from it and move on. So most people will run from discomfort <laughs> as fast as possible. And now you're saying, okay, I like being uncomfortable, which I don't mind discomfort either. But I feel like everyone is set up to see this beautiful journey of how easy it is. And the minute it gets uncomfortable, people are like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be like that, personally and professionally. Now it's, I'm so used to it, Rebecca. Like, I really feel like I love Wander. I started Wander. I built Wander. I grew Wander. I reached a place in my life where my father was really, really sick. And I just, was struggling with being able to be present and be a good leader and be there for my team. I brought in someone to kind of help a lot with the day-to-day. And then in that moment where someone was kind of helping me and serving as like this day-to-day person to run the business, I had like maybe three seconds of extra time in which I started another business because God knows I'm crazy. It's like, why couldn't I just relax? (laughs) Because I think that you love the high. Like you said in the beginning of our interview, you love that build, grow, sell. Yeah. It's so exciting. Let's talk about this latest venture. You just held it up. Hold it up again. We'll do a long, slow pan on this beautiful... My daughter stole it, by the way. She's like, I'm wearing it. You can't wear it. It's So it's called Five Cents. Yes, it's called Five Cents. It's a sensory experience and fine fragrance. So really what it stemmed from is this. Every day, I wear different clothes different makeup, different accessories, you know, different glasses because I'm a glasses girl. And every single day, all of what we do here, it's just a form of self-expression, right? We're ultimately just expressing ourselves in a different way. And, and my expression is often a reflection of my mood. It's how I'm feeling today. It's like what I'm wearing, what lipstick I'm wearing, what dress I'm wearing. It's like how I'm feeling in the moment. And so I really wanted to empower people to unlock the incredible excitement of fragrance as a form of self-expression. And so 75% of how you feel in a day is influenced by what you smell. And so five cents is a sensory experience and fine fragrance. Think of it as your mood bottled. This is literally your mood. Life of the party, confidence in a bottle, twin flame, magnetic attraction in a bottle, burn for use, you know, ignites your senses to sparks fly, you know, catch feelings, the fragrance that I'm happen to be wearing today. It's, you know, love at first sniff. It's this idea of romance in a bottle. And so Every mood is just this encapsulation of beautiful, blended and bottled notes together. I worked with a master French perfumer and we made the sensory experience very visual, very colorful, the opposite of a nude aesthetic, soft touch. So you feel it embossed and debossed cartons. You smell the aromatics, you smell the feeling and the sensory experience of how 
it makes you feel and it, it kind of captures your mood. So you can manifest your mood, be like, I want to be confident in a bottle and put this on. Um, or it can be a reflection of what you're feeling that day. And that's really the concept behind the brand. And we just launched it and it's been, you know, a rocket ship. So I, I guess I'm like learning more and getting better at this. <laughs> Something is happening. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I mean, I think you have an innate skill of, of being able to see things strike while it's hot. No one to, you know, no one to say I'm throwing in the towel or I'm selling this for, you know, life-changing sums and then start over again. It's crazy. And then I, I have to tell you though, everyone has to be self-aware as an entrepreneur about what they're good at. And I know what I love and I'm, I'm drawn to, I also know what I'm not good at. And so I, what are you not good at? I, I really, I'm not good at mature organizations that ultimately end up not being strategy, not being execution and end up being a lot of people management. Okay. I really genuinely, I love the early days. Like you said, I love the white space in the market. Entrepreneurs see things others don't see. They do things others don't do. I love finding the white space in the market and taking the risk and taking all the risks. Small business, small risk, big business, big risk. I love all the small risks. I love the early days of starting, conceptualizing. Should I do this packaging, this finish, this bottle? I love magnetic caps and I love the way they click, but they're not good for the environment, so I'm not going to do it. Like all those decisions, the passion that goes into creating a product or service, I have so much excitement for that. But then when you're you know, creating 850,000 units and there's a labor issue in this, the factory, you know, count me out because I don't enjoy it. Right. Uh, you know what? Every time I start, about, I think about starting the company that I want to start next. I'm like, oh, I, I already know there's going to be a supply chain issue. Yep. I know it's going to be a logistical blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I can do that again. I feel you so hard there. It's, it's annoying. It's so, it's so hard. If you want to go fast, you know, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. But that together piece can, is like varying degrees. I love working with small teams. I'm passionate about having a core circle around me that I think is inspiring me and motivating me and has talents that I don't have and is supplementing and making the pie bigger in the organization. But at one point when we were, I, I was at QVC, I mean, I had 357 people and that's just really a lot of people. And you spend months of your life doing performance wow. reviews and you spend months of your life, you know, doing things that are very managerial and not entrepreneurial. 
And that is not what I enjoy about my life. Correct. And that's when you knew, okay, it's time to get out. And was leaving that, was leaving that hard or emotional? Oh, it's so interesting. So leaving the, leaving the comfort of that was incredibly difficult because, you know, it's so funny. You think to yourself, my mom is like, you have a job, you have a paycheck, you have healthcare, you have good healthcare. (laughs) (laughs) It's like all the things you take for granted, you know, that you don't realize. And then when you start all over again, you're starting, you're literally starting all over again. And there's no paycheck for so many years. I mean, I didn't pay myself in the early days of Wander and even the later days of Wander. And even when I did, it was very minimal because I was so invested in taking the risk of really doubling down, putting my own money in the business, growing it, scaling it. Like I had opportunities to sell my stock. I didn't do it. And so, you know, so many entrepreneurs de-risk along the way. They either, you know, take out their own money or they sell some of their shares or they, you know, have a different path in which they have taken early risks and then de-risk later on. I'm just like one of those people who just keeps taking the risks. The risks just keep multiplying for me. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I just want to break it out for my listeners. You have two children. (laughs) You have many real estate investments, if that's okay to say. You have two businesses right now yep. that I know of. Yep. One would ask how the fuck you get shit done. So what are your secrets to this in a day? Give me, give me a snapshot. Who's your, who's your village? Yeah. I'm obsessed with productivity. I, I try and make every day insanely productive. So first and foremost, I get up, I meditate twice a day. I do practice transcendental meditation. I've been practicing it since the seventh grade. I would not survive and be able to manage the demands on my life professionally and personally if I didn't have that core meditation practice. It is the calm okay. that I need. So that happens first thing in the morning, last thing at night. I have a healthy diet and anti-inflammatory. I, you know, drink ginger water. I have chia seeds. Like I really, I think that if you are not healthy, you can't manage this schedule. So if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of all the people around me. So, you know, I cook all my own meals. That's a whole separate thing. That's a passion. Um, And then I get up early. I go through my inbox. I really time batch email. I don't do it all day. So like you can message me during the day and I won't respond to email because I do it in batches. I time batch everything that I do. I batch email. I check it at different times so I'm more effective and efficient. It doesn't disrupt me while I'm having meetings and doing deep work. Like I'm here with you right now. During this hour that I'm with you, I'm completely present. I'm not on my phone. All my notifications are silenced. I'm not answering email. I genuinely have found that I am way more productive when I do one thing and do it well. I schedule time for deep work. I usually do that in the morning after I've eaten something. Don't talk to me when I haven't eaten because I'm a hangry, mean person. (laughs) So I need food. Um, And after I have my food, I do all my deep work. I do a lot of internal meetings in the late afternoon. And then, you know, I spend quality time with my kids. Like when they get home from school, I do my internal meetings. I don't do external meetings. And I do those on an as-needed basis. I spend quality time going through their homework and being with them. I don't drop them. I don't pick them up. I'm I'm being very transparent about my life. No, I think it's helpful. Because I need that time. I need that time in the morning when I'm in the groove to work. I have to work and I have to finish it so that I can be present for my children when they come home in the afternoon and I can be there for them and be ready to engage in that. But I need those hours to work. So I don't drop. Um, I rarely pick up. 
And then I'm really engaged with them in the afternoon, evening. And then I'm back online after they go to sleep. I work every evening. I've always been doing that. I find it therapeutic for me. I like to just clean out what's in my inbox. I don't like to sleep with the inbox that needs to be attended to. I have one of the biggest things in terms of productivity is I really hire amazing talent, both professionally and personally, to support my career. I cannot do this alone. I need the best of the best. I need the A-team. I need the smartest, most hardworking, talented people who have a good attitude. Attitude, aptitude. If you've got raw aptitude and raw intelligence, I can teach you anything. And if you've got a good attitude, we're going to get along great. And I need that positive. How do you sort through the mess? Because there are so many people out there that will not work hard or are not that smart. It's very simple. Um, hire very slowly and fire very quickly. That's just a philosophy I live by. I'm very slow to make changes. And I really think about the person. I think about the role a lot. I think about what I need. I evolve that thinking over time. I put a very tight job description together. I put a salary range in there. I really meet people back to back to back. The more you meet people, the more you understand what you like and what you don't like. And I really just, I think outstanding brands and businesses are built by outstanding people. I also think outstandingly productive households at home are also built by outstanding people. It's whether choosing the right partner in your life, that's a big decision and a very impactful one for your family. Having the right help, having the right family around. You know, I don't have the luxury of having any family here and I don't at this very moment have help. My kids are getting older. They're able to be very independent and I really fostered that in them. Like if you can do it yourself, why ask someone else to do it? It's amazing right. what keeps They don't come to you every five minutes and say, mommy, mommy, I need a no, mommy. They, because I get that. If my kids are home, it drives me crazy. Well, they just, they know I work. They know that I go in the office. Right. I have a home office and that's like my Zen zone. Um, and it's really interesting. Like, you know, in so many cultures, I think the American culture in particular, we shield our kids from so much and we think they can't do this and they can't do that. And what's fascinating is about the Indian culture is that, they empower kids to do stuff if they can. Like my mom grew up doing everything because they didn't have any help and she didn't have any choices. And so like my daughter started using a knife way before it was socially acceptable for a kid to be using a knife. Because I was like, you can learn this if you learn it young and you get familiar with it. I mean, she cuts, right. snack, she cuts cucumber and puts a little salt and lime for her, her brother after school and is totally capable. You know, it's just amazing that kids are actually capable of doing so much depending on what they acclimate to. Yeah, I agree. I think I try and make them independent. And then there are times where I fall so short that I'm like, you know, it would be nice to just have them leave you alone and know mommy, mommy and daddy are working. My son will try every which way he can. He's like, mom, he'll ask his babysitter to remove his cleats after soccer. I was like, dare you ask her to remove those cleats from your feet? Like you'd keep your stock. And you need to like undo the laces and loosen everything. You're going to learn how to do it. You're not asking somebody else to do that. Right. It's like my son who's five. He's like, wipe my ass, mommy. I'm like, we're done. We're done. We're done. I don't want to wipe your butt anymore. You're retired from that job. <laughs> it's time. This summer we are done. So I'll ask you a few more questions. When you've had the lows on the work side, what makes you want to keep going back to it and keep starting again? Like knowing you're going to build, grow, sell potentially wander or five senses at some point. How do you sort of snap back from those hard times? It's the eternal optimism. Like, you know, it's so interesting. But where does that come from? You've always had it? I've always had it. I always see the glass half full. I'm eternally, I'm the eternal optimist. I will tell you though, I suffer a lot 
from being hard on myself. Okay. So like I, especially if you have sequentially in your career taken bigger risks, had better rewards, the stakes get higher. Then you're like, oh, should I have done this differently? And I may have made so many mistakes. And I will tell you in the very early years of growing Wander, we grow dramatically. We're growing 321% year over year, 117% year over year. And you and I have this conversation. A lot of being an entrepreneur is understand your timing and understanding your window. And there was a window in which I could have really capitalized on our success, both from a financing standpoint, from a personal standpoint, from an exit standpoint. Like There was a moment in which I genuinely, when things were like a complete rocket ship. We had the wind of color cosmetics growing super fast. Could have been, you know, an amazing outcome. And you learn and you learn, you make mistakes and you misjudge things and you miscalculate and you get hard on yourself. And then you say, you know what? Onward and upward that, you know, world works in cycles. What comes down comes back up. What, what goes down? Do you feel like now you have a better sense of that moment and you're more willing to say, this might not be what I imagined the lottery ticket being, but like now's good. Let's go. 100%. You know, you look at yourself and you say to yourself, okay, I'm at this inflection point. I can get out now and I could be really, it would be amazing. But then the crazy Kool-Aid in your brain says, oh no, I can take this to the next level. And you right. believe it because you've done it so far. You believe in yourself and you have that enthusiasm and the energy to do it. But then you know what? The wind of the industry and the economy isn't necessarily behind your back. Right. And so you can't change that. Could you ever imagine COVID would have happened? I, I would have never imagined it would impact my business in that way and that I would become vulnerable in that way. I would. I never imagined that I would have to put money in the company. And I did not know that was going to happen for me. And so I you know, had to roll with the bunches and do it. Right. So what's next for you? Grow. <laughs> Grow. Grow. Growing is the mantra around here. Okay. We're growing. We're building. We're growing Wander. We're expanding to a lot of retail doors. We're building that. We are launching a new partnership with Macy's, which we're super excited about, which is going to come out in the next coming months. We're thrilled about having that partnership. Um, growing Five Cents with Sephora, you know, 224 stores now, building online, building the brand, building the community. I'm in growth mode. We're just growing up here. I love it. So before I let you go, the two questions I ask all my guests, the first one being, what would we be surprised to know about you? You would be surprised to know about me that I don't really drink anymore. I've like completely turned into like a one drink wonder. That's great. I just like a nice glass of wine used to like, or two or three, used to give me a great release. It's just because we're getting old. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've become, I, and I really genuinely realized that in so many years of working, and particularly when I lived in New York, I wasn't prioritizing my health and my exercise and my diet. And now that I've moved to Florida, it's like my life has changed. Yeah. Yeah. I can't drink anymore either. I'm really realizing. You need to put on your own oxygen mask before you, you know, put it on for everyone else around you. So got to take care of yourself. Totally. And I, and, Sleep used to be like, I used to never sleep. I was always that person who was like night owl up till one, two, three in the morning. I do my best work from one to 3 a.m. Now I've started sleeping early. It's changed my life. I'm just up earlier. I'm fresher. I feel better. You got to get that REM. Yes, I got to get that REM. So 
So my last question is, what is a piece of advice? And you've shared so much great advice during this um, interview, but anyone give you great advice that actually was helpful to you or that you found in your own learnings that you'd like to pass on? I think grow through what you go through. I think so many people just go through things and they feel like they're a victim of their circumstances, victim of the economy, the environment, the team, the dynamics, the funding. I didn't get funding and this is why my business, this is what happened. And everyone's looking externally. And sometimes I think it's important to look internally and to also, instead of pinpointing all the failures and the the challenges, it's important to take away the biggest lessons, which are the growth, like the growth and the experience grow through what you go through and you will always be rewarded by those lessons and that growth. I love that. I love that. So tell me where everyone can buy five senses and wander all the, all the handles, all the places. Yeah. So five cents you can buy on five cents.co and also Sephora.com and select Sephora stores across the United States. Wander at wanderbeauty.com and retailers across the country, Nordstrom, Neiman, Macy's.com, many others, uh, Sephora as well. And I'm at, at dgugnani on Instagram and on TikTok. Oh, the TikTok. I love it. So this is funny. You know, you can teach an old dog new tricks. I <laughs> launched a TikTok channel maybe like two, three months ago, just entrepreneur stuff. Because I get asked the same questions over and over again via DM and Instagram or via email and LinkedIn. You know the same thing. So I've just literally created a TikTok channel dedicated to my lessons as an entrepreneur, as an investor, and you know, and, and building teams and recruiting. And I literally release a new TikTok every Monday through Thursday, short video, a lesson I've learned, a tip I've learned, something an entrepreneur has taught me, and kind of share that way. Wow. I'm I'm not on TikTok. I mean, I don't have it on my phone. We're on it as a brand, but I'm gonna I'm gonna peek at you. Peek, peek away and give me feedback. I'm always welcome to it. Oh my God, you're the best. Thank you for doing this. So good to see you, even virtually. Thank you. I just wanted to thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I also want to ask you to rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it actually helps with search and algorithms. So if you love this podcast, it is an easy way to get it more visible and out there. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Nukov at RM Superwomen and be sure to check out my book, Fearless, The New Rules for Unlocking Creativity, Courage, and Success. Thank you again and you will hear from me next week.